Are you working on your author career, but struggling to get that first book published? Does the goal of being an author seem too lofty? Or thoughts of having multiple books and making a full-time living are as fantastical as living in Cinderella's castle? Welcome to Discovered Wordsmiths, a podcast where aspiring authors can be heard. Join Steven Schneider as he finds and talks to authors you may not know, but authors that have gotten their foot on the author career path. Hear what they've done to get there and where they want to go now. Settle back. It's time for a bit of inspiration and advice. Come listen to today's Discovered Wordsmith. Authors, this episode is usually meant for you. It's not about the book. It's about writing and author stuff. So I don't usually say too much before these episodes, but I wanted to let everybody listening know if you haven't heard about the Career Author Life Summit. <laughs> I, I apologize. The name has changed several times and I think things are changing. Um, but it's run by Jay Thorne and Zach Bohannon. There's a lot of great guests coming, uh, including Mark Leslie LeFay, who if you're an author, you probably recognize the name, uh, along with several other great uh, people doing talks and some great sessions. Uh, I went to their summit last year and it was absolutely the best one I've been to. And the minute the tickets were available, I snatched one up. And I just wanted to let people who listen to this podcast know, if you're interested, go get tickets because there aren't a lot. It's being kept small. It's not one of those conferences where there's a thousand people. This is going to be like 40 or 50 people. You can talk to everybody, get to know everyone. It's much more intimate and still big name uh, speakers with lots of good things to say. So I will put links in the show notes. Uh, so please stop the, the pause, the podcast, go check it out and definitely uh, sign up. It's going to be well worth it. Trust me. All right. So let's talk some author stuff and uh, we've got a great topic uh, for people today. Um, uh, before we get to that, uh, let me ask you a couple other questions. Uh, so you've written, uh, like five books, you're working on a sixth one. What are you doing different now than you did clear at the beginning when you started writing? Oh, everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, my, my process of writing a book is actually constantly evolving. It's, it's changed every through every book I, I've written so far. Um, one of the things that took me a long time to understand in the very early days was that um, editing is actually critical to the process. I kind of like always had this bizarre idea that people just wrote books and once they finished writing them, that was it, it was done. You know, and I couldn't do that. I, you know, my, I did, when I tried to do that, I, I wrote books, but they were terrible at the end. And it like took me kind of like a while to understand that the reason why, you know, books are as good as they are is because there's a lot of work after the initial writing. Um, and so I kind of got to a point where I now have a kind of love hate relationship with editing. You know, it's like I understand it's vital. I don't like doing it particularly, but I know that I need to. <laughs> um, other than that, um, I'm constantly examining the process of how I go about writing the books, the stages that I go through from, you know, beginning with the raw manuscript to then working through and refining it until I've got the finished article. Um, and uh, each time I do one, it gets kind of more streamlined. But each time I do one, it also gets more detailed because, you know, you're kind of constantly looking to improve right, right. every little thing and, and every little detail. So it, it, it becomes more involved, but also smoother, um, which seems a bit of a contradiction, but you know, that's kind of like how it seems to work, at least for me. I mean, everybody's different. I mean, I'm sure there are some authors who can literally sit down, write a book, and that's it. You know, they they don't have anything else. You know, they they just 
can do it and it's fantastic straight up, but I'm not one of those, you know, I have to work at it. Right. Gotcha. And that's good. Uh, improvement, seeing that improvement. Um, mm. I, I've noticed it myself. Uh, I, and I, I don't know if there's a lot of authors that would get to five or six books that haven't improved. I mean, mm. you have to try really hard not to want to get better and then to get better <laughs> when mm. you're writing, uh, in my opinion. So, uh, I think that's important for people to keep in mind uh, that you will get better. Uh, you yeah. keep improving each time. Absolutely. So, I think it's, it's one of the things I think people who try to write kind of often sort of like don't realize at the beginning. It's like you don't have to be the world's best writer to begin um, because you will improve it through time just by doing the actual task of writing and uh so you know just because you kind of like produce something like i did i mean i worked two and a half books and they're terrible um but that doesn't mean to say that you will stay at that state you know the more you do it the more you will learn right yep so what software or services do you use when you're writing because uh, you said you you were writing on a train on the way to work and now you're writing full time. So what do you use to write? Um, I use uh, Scrivener uh, as my base editor. Um, I use um, Word, basically not really very much apart from some formatting to to make the ebook. Um, I use um I use a piece of software called Smart Edit, which um is, is a kind of glorified spell checker come grammar checker, which kind of like captures a lot of my routine kind of foul up. Um, because uh, we all have them, we all have words we we kind of rely on too much. Um. Other than that, for actual writing, I, I don't use too much um, software. I actually kind of prefer not to use too much software. I mean, I can write in WordPad or Note, you know, Notepad, anything like that. Often I'll just write in a very simple text editor on my phone. Um, and I like the kind of like the distraction free element of that. You know, it's like just the words no fancy kind of like thing you don't have to worry about you know kind of like formatting or is this you know heading one or you know accessory you know what font should i choose you know it's like actually you know just kind of like having distraction free editing that works for me really well so uh, I, I have a, an old laptop and i sometimes sit down on that with nothing but uh wordpad and i'll just sit there and hammer out sort of two, three thousand words. Nice. And it, it's wonderful, you know. Yeah. I, I know a lot of authors I've been seeing, they have various devices that essentially do that, simplify it. Uh, you mm. know, typewriter looking little devices, uh, like mm. the old word processors where it's one line at a time. And that's like all you see. And I know a lot of people are using that to help keep from getting distracted. And Scrivener has its own mode where it like, Mm. you know, graze everything out except the, what you're writing the page right yeah. there. Yeah. I think yeah, that's when important. I, when I started writing, um, like on that, on that commute, it's like I had one of the little Genado um, handhelds and it was like a clamshell, ham, you know, right. device. And you just kind of like flipped it up. There's the screen and you had a little tiny keyboard and like you just went in and you just typed you know sort of thing and it was it was wonderful because you know you could literally you could write anywhere because it had the little keyboard um but it was completely distraction free there was nothing else you know you, i mean it didn't have like back then there was no kind of like internet available or anything like that you know so you couldn't get distracted looking at the web and all these kind of fun things that we can do now, you know, so right. it was just literally just the device, you know, um, right. yeah. and it was marvelous. You know, it's like, I, I, I really enjoyed that, you know? Okay. So let's talk about, uh, 
the subject you uh, brought up is doing your own book covers and tra um, book trailers, which mm. I think is great because a lot of people talk about that. And most people are given the advice, don't do it. Get somebody that knows what they're doing. Uh, but you do it and you do seem to do it well, in my opinion. Why did you Thank want you. to do your own book covers and trailers? And tell us a little bit about your process. Um, the, the whole thing with doing my book covers um, initially came around just from the point of view of finances. Um, when I was looking at uh, a cover for my, uh, my first release, I couldn't afford uh, like a, an actual, you know, custom cover by an artist. I looked at the kind of the pre-made options that were available, which, you know, are quite cheap and, and they're not kind of bad, but they kind of had a bit of a generic look to them, which I wasn't too happy with. And uh, many, many years ago uh, in my previous careers, I actually worked as a game developer. And uh, so this was back in the days before game development was kind of like huge and, you know, multi-billion dollar industries. And so when you worked in, in game development at that time, you kind of like picked up a bit of everything. I mean, I was nominally a coder, uh, but because we needed, you know, graphics doing and, and that kind of stuff, I kind of ended up working on, you know, terrible like graphics you know sort of from the 8-bit days <laughs> they weren't very good but i mean it's like i picked up some of the knowledge and so on and then later on um i moved into doing more kind of like 3d games so i actually kind of like learned uh some of the skills in terms of 3d modeling and and that kind of thing um so that kind of like was my background which wasn't in itself Great, but it gave me the idea that maybe I could try and do something myself that, you know, would at least kind of like be a more representative kind of reflection of my book. Um, so there's some really good free software out there now, open source software um, for doing 3D. And uh, so I grabbed some of that, uh, it's one called Blender 3D. Mm -hmm. which is an amazing package for, you know, consider that, that this is completely free. It's amazing what kind of power you've got in there. And I started playing around with it and I thought, well, I'll see what I can do. And if I can do something that I'm happy with, great. If I can't, I can always go and get a pre-made cover or consider, you know, kind of a second mortgage and getting a, a, a custom <laughs> cover, you know? Um, so, uh, Anyway, I did the, the first the first cover for the first book and it's like and I was kinda like happy with it and I showed it to a few people and they thought it looked good and I thought, okay, I'll I'll go with that and we'll see what happens. I wasn't really planning on necessarily doing all of them, but I thought, you know, I'll keep going until such time I can't do a cover that I'm happy with, you know. Um I have to say I'm Sort of somewhat lucky in that my my brother is actually a graphic designer and uh, being my brother he refused to help completely uh, <laughs> but uh, he was willing to kind of like give me feedback on what I was doing so I kind of like I picked up more from from you know kind of like picking his brains and his knowledge as well um, and I've basically been doing them ever since um, nice and in a similar way to the, the writing, every one I do, it's more of a learning opportunity. And every time they get a little bit more sophisticated, a little bit more refined. And, um, and yeah, now I'm, I'm getting quite good at it, I think. <laughs> nice. So what do people say about the covers? Do they say, oh, wow, those are great? Or do you hear, yeah, that's, uh, you know, I don't want to tell you I don't like it. Uh, mm. what, have you gotten any good bad feedback uh i've had some very good feedback it's like uh i think uh, i'm kind of i've been lucky and like i've been able to kind of like do some fairly good stuff you know and uh most of the feedback i get is you know wow i really love your co covers i can't believe that you do them yourself you know which awesome. is, I, that's, is 
is very flattering. Yeah. And uh, I've got a friend who actually is a professional um, book cover artist who's worked for some like big artists. And uh, he said to me a couple of times, your covers are really good, Dave. You know, he said, like, you know, I think you, you do fantastic, you know. Because I actually kind of like was talking to him at one point of maybe doing a cover for me. And he kind of like said, I don't think you need me. You know, so I, that was incredibly flattering. Nice. So the, the book trailers, do you think that they've been gathering attention to your books and helping push the books? Or is it just more for fun for you? Or, or what do you think of that? What makes them work or a- anything about that? Because I don't know a lot of authors doing book trailers. I think the uh, I think there's a lot of hype about book trailers uh, in the industry. I think people get sold them a lot, and I don't think, quite honestly, frankly, that on a practical level they do very much. I enjoy doing them. I've enjoyed kind of like putting them together and so on, but it really is a lot of work, um, and I'm not sure that there's a good payback for that that level of work you know um and uh, i found them useful more at live event than i have i think in terms of them actually kind of being helpful by posting them online and and so on um what i usually do on a live event if I can remember what a live event is, uh, <laughs> um, what I usually do is I, I'll take a, a laptop and then I'll run the trailers on kind of like a repeating roll. So they're just kind of like rolling there and, and they act as a good kind of like attraction element, you know, kind of thing to bring people over. They'll come over, they'll look at the trailer and they'll ask kind of like, what's that? You know, so, uh, and, uh, you know, so it's been good in that way. I think in terms of like actually generating interest in the book from, you know, sharing these things online and so on, I don't think it does a great deal. That's my experience. Right. You know, okay. other people may, may see things different. I, I'm glad you said that because I've thought the same thing. I, I thought, well, I could put the trailer up on my website, but if they're coming to my website, they're probably already interested. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I could pass it in TikTok or Instagram. But, you know, is it going to take fire or whatever? But I thought the same thing. It's like, oh, if I'm at an event and I have an author table, I could have a little screen there running with the trailer. It doesn't have to be super loud, but something movement and, you know, draws their attention. And even if they just walk by and glance at it, they may not have glanced at just me there with a book. So they see the Mm -hmm. moving video and they may glance and then it's in their head. So as they come back around later, they see it again. You know, it's that old marketing thing. You got to yeah. see something several times before you mm. like find out about it and then pick it up several times before you want to get it, you know, that type of thing. So I had the same thought. So I'm glad you said that. Yeah. And I've actually kind of had it where, um, because my books, are, um, because of the nature of the action packs, I mean, obviously, so are the book trailers. And, uh, so sometimes I, I've had, for instance, uh, kids will see the, the, you know, the, the, the trailer. And they're kind of like drawn to it because of the fast action and the explosions and this kind of thing. And so they'll drag their parents over and then like the parents will, Oh, so what's this about then? And you start talking to them. And I, I've actually kind of like had people buy my books as a result of that, you know, so it's a nice attraction if you kind of like at a live event. I don't think it does much beyond that though. Okay. And, uh, book covers again, second. Do you look at other book covers and evaluate them? Say, oh, that I, I really don't like that. That's probably not doing well. Or this is great. I'm going to use that for my next one, etc. Do you do things like that? I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I when I'm looking at uh, doing a cover for myself, it's like I'll do a lot of investigation as to what's kind of like out there, what look is kind of current. Um, I look up a lot of just general kind of like graphics around the theme of book that i'm doing to get kind of like ideas see what other people are doing um so yeah it's it's you have to kind of like keep aware of what's out there um 
and uh, you know you have to keep up with the times. You know things change. There are always things you know kind of like new trends and so on. I like to try and make mine kind of personal how I would like them. I render them all in 3D. They're all kind of like rendered, but I don't actually like necessarily the hyper-realism of 3D renderings. So I do a lot of filtering after the initial rendering to kind of like make them look more kind of natural as if they've been sort of like more painted. Um, okay. But that's just the style I like, you know. Um, I think some of the, I think 3D rendering can look a little bit sterile and cold, which may be something you're into. I mean, in terms of um, some of the things that I see, it's like, I mean, well, you know, I mean, there are certain elements and unfortunately they're good, but you see them so many times on different books and you kind of like, you're looking at your, oh my goodness, not that spaceship again. <laughs> right, right. And it's like, that's one of the good things about being able to do my own. You know, it's like I can make them like unique to, to my books. So, you know, they kind of like have the same flavor because you've got to kind of sit within the the accepted flavor of what makes a book in your genre. But it's like I can make, I can make it so that they're actually unique to my book, you know, which is to me is like, you know, very nice. Right. Okay. And would you recommend to other authors to do their own covers or would you say most authors should probably get somebody else to do them? I think if you've got um, some kind of a creative background uh, and you've maybe had some exposure to doing that kind of stuff before, I don't think that there's any reason why you shouldn't try it at least. Um, if you haven't, it's a, a big learning curve to get to that point and so you're probably better off investing your time in just writing more and, and turning out more books because i mean yeah i mean it doesn't cost me in terms of money but i mean obviously it does cost in terms of time and you know if you if you kind of like investing a lot of time into making a, a cover you know i mean that's all time away from from actually writing, which right. kind of, you know you might be better suited to. Um, I just happen to be fortunate in that I've been able to pull it off, you know. Sort of thing. But even for me, it's like I mean, I mean the first kind of like few covers I, I did, I mean they took a long, long time because I didn't really know what I was doing, <laughs> you know. So you know, I mean, if you're kind of like okay with investing that time, great. If you're not you know, it's maybe better to kind of like just let somebody else do that work for you, you know. Right. Um, but it's a it's a very personal choice, you know. And, and you're right. It is a, a balance you got to really think about. You know, mm. if it's going to take you 57 hours of work to get one book cover made, you know, how many words could you have written in that time or edited finishing a book or something? You know, the same with uh, the money aspect. People, I know people say, oh, I don't want to spend a couple hundred dollars on book cover. But if you do a really bad book cover, uh, you spent time on it, but no money. You did a bad one. You only sell 10 copies. It might have been worth it to spend three or $400 on the book cover and then sell a thousand copies uh, yeah. because the book cover does make a difference. It does matter today. People look at it and judge whether they're going to look further into the book too. That's a hard lesson. Uh, it's a one that I think some people still don't believe, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's this, the old saying, you know, I mean, don't judge a book by its cover, but the truth is, is that we all do, you know, and it's like, I mean, when you see a book on a bookshelf or, you know, you see it like on Amazon or whatever, I mean, the first thing that hits you is the cover. So if the cover is not good, it's like people are going to be put off. That's the realism of, of the situation. You know, you can't ignore that and pretend that it doesn't happen. Right. And, I mean, to be honest, there are so many kind of like good pre-made book cover sources now um, at reasonable prices. You know, there's there's no reason to kind of like have a really kind of like dodgy looking cover. You know, you, you might as well just spend a few dollars and, and get something that looks, you know, pretty good. Um, 
you've got to be a little bit kind of obsessive, I think, if you want to do those kind of things yourself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You got to have some skill. I, I don't think I would be comfortable doing my own cover at all. I'm, I'm not graphically inclined to any degree. I, mm. I have a hard time with Crayolas and a coloring book. So, <laughs> um, so obviously the, the book trailers are part of your marketing scheme. What else are you doing to market your books? Um, I use uh, Amazon ads. Um, they're kind of mixed, you know, it's kind of like they, they sort of, they bring some attention, but uh, a lot of what I seem to be getting, it seems to be through word of mouth. I'm not, I'm not being able to track it back to kind of like ad impressions and so on. I, uh, I do a lot of, uh, or I'm trying to do more of these kind of shows like with you here, um, you know, to try and spread the word and get my name out there. Uh, the biggest thing, biggest uh, challenge, I think, these days for any kind of author is just actually being seen and getting known because, you know, there are now so many books coming out every day. I can't remember the exact figure, but it's kind of like, like hundreds of thousands of books are up published every day so just being seen is kind of like really the biggest challenge that authors have um so you know that's kind of like part of it i i publish i mean i um post things on social media it's like um i share a lot of uh science kind of um stories and, and so on on social media i think you know, kind of most people who are into science fiction kind of like have some interest in science and technology. Um, and then I, I have my own, my own blog, uh, where I kind of like post about things again related to science, science fiction, writing. Um, and I'm also, um, uh, co-host on a, a streaming video show where once a week, we uh, basically, me and uh, a, a friend of mine, we talk to authors and talk to them about their book, their process, and so on. And uh, and then, like, once a month, we have a, a live read where we get several authors in and we kind of, like, do a live read of each of their books with uh, the various panelists kind of playing the different characters in the book, which usually is quite a lot of fun. Nice. And, gets very silly <laughs> what's the title of that podcast it's called uh lurking for legend okay i'll have to make sure and put links into that do you feel some of these extra activities like the podcast draw attention to your book uh or is it more just something you do to help contribute to the community i i started to do it um more to kind of like help um the community and and kind of like help showcase you know other authors but i think it does almost kind of like as a side benefit draw more attention to you and what you're doing as well because you know you end up meeting more people and and they're obviously kind of like sharing things on their network of, of people uh so i think it kind of works both ways i think it's a, a mutually beneficial kind of arrangement uh, I'm not sure how much of a benefit it is in terms of promotion, mm -hmm. sheer promotion. I think it, it's maybe probably a little bit limited in that, but it's always nice to be able to help um, other people. You know, if you've been through something and you kind of like have a bit of knowledge about it, you know, because a lot of the, the, the kind of like things that we end up going through as authors, you know, I mean, they don't really compare to anything else that you've, probably ever done in your life and so you know it's it's very easy especially early on to kind of like feel very very lost you know um right sorry that's <laughs> right um okay sorry i got distracted i apologize um that's all right so david before we go um can you give any last minute advice for new authors I would say um, to anybody who wants to write, you know, read a lot, read everything you can, because that's the basis of it. And when I, 
when I say read, I mean actually read a physical book or an ebook, but you know, not audio books. It's like because the it's a very different experience as an audio book. I'm not saying that the, there's no value to them, but if you want to write, you need to read because that's how you actually your brain learns what goes into a book, you know. Um, yep. And uh, and the other thing is is to kind of like you know cut yourself some slack, you know. I mean, don't expect to necessarily be kind of like you know the next kind of Stephen King or something like that, you know, you know as soon as you finish your first book because you know it's not going to happen it's a long it's a long process and it takes a long time until you kind of like you know build up your audience build up you know just your kind of style of, of writing we all have different styles don't you know you see all this advice about you know oh well you should do this you should do that it's like well maybe maybe not you have to discover what's right for you and what works for you because literally everybody is individual. So, yes. you know, can I just be patient with yourself, you know? Nice. Okay. I, yeah, I agree. All right. Well, David, thank you for taking some time for chatting with me today about your books and giving us some great advice on book trailers and covers. Uh, I wish you luck and I'll let you know when this goes live. Thanks, Stephen. Really appreciate thank the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Discovered Wordsmiths. Come back next week and listen to another author discuss the road they've traveled and maybe sometime in the near future, it might be you.